You're listening to the sermon podcast from Victory Baptist Church. At Victory, we work to show God's love and share His truth as we love and serve the Lord Jesus Christ together. And now, here's this week's sermon from Pastor Terry Green. I hope you have a Bible with you. And if you do, we're going to start out in John 14. We're going to look in some other places. But we will start out there. Remember when the angel Gabriel was sent by God to Nazareth to talk to Mary? Remember reading that? Mary's orderly world was suddenly and completely turned upside down. She would be expecting a baby before she actually fully married Joseph. Her baby would be a son, and her son would be the long awaited Messiah, the Christ, the anointed one of God. And he would be not the son of Joseph, but the son of God. And so Mary had all these things that God sprung on her one day, probably in the middle of an ordinary day. The angel Gabriel showed up and talked with her and shared this with her. And Mary's response was simple. Mary's response was a response of faith. And Mary's response said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, be it, let it be to me according to your word. Now we know that God gives peace to those who trust and follow him, but Mary's calmness kind of astounds us, doesn't it? it how could she so completely trust when her whole world was being torn apart? Her only questions were logistical. How would this work? She didn't ask how this would affect her relationship with Joseph. Now, we know the end of the story. It worked out great. She didn't know that at the time. She didn't ask how this would affect her relationship with her parents. Some parents disowned their kids. She didn't know whether that would happen. She didn't ask how it would affect her friends, how her friends would respond. It's, it's nice to have people you're friends with. I know some of you don't have anybody you feel like is a super close friend, but the Lord is your closest friend, and, and you grow in Him, but you connect with other people. And it's nice to watch somebody's face turn into a smile when they see you. She didn't know if that would keep up. She didn't know whether the synagogue leaders would accept her or expel her from the synagogue because she would be expecting a child. But she said, I'll do what you want me to do. Let it be according to your word. How could she so calmly trust and follow the Lord? Why wasn't she kind of spilling over with anxiety like, okay, I'll, I'll try it. Ah, nothing like that. She wasn't going nuts. You might have been. She wasn't. You'd almost expect her to be hyperventilating a little, like, be it unto me according to, to your word. But there's no evidence of that in Scripture. So did you turn to John 14? Uh, look in John 14, and I have a question for you. When Jesus gave his followers peace, did you miss out? Did you miss out when he gave his followers peace? Look at John 14. And look down at verse 27. 
What's the first word of John 14, 27? Peace. Peace. Read it with me. It's up here on the screen if you need it. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Now, I got to tell you, back to when Jesus gave his followers peace, uh, brief moments of worry and anxiety are common. Georgia had one of those. She was driving down the road, and her car decided to stop driving. And she just parked in the middle of the road. Where were you on? Cottonwood? Cottonwood and Thornton? And it just stopped. You know, that's the main intersection for semis, right? And, and uh, there she was, just sitting there. Somebody came along and helped her out, helped her get the car off the road, helped take care. And what a blessing those people were. But for just a moment there, she had some serious anxiety. Maybe still has some because the car's not fixed yet. But maybe you almost get in an accident or... You watch your child fall. How many of you have ever watched a kid fall? You know, when they're really little, they kind of bounce and pop right back up, right? You know, they got so much padding. They they got all the the baby fat and the diapers, you know, and they fall and they're back up. But the older they get and they fall, it it gets scary. And when an old person falls, then it's really scary. And you just you, just for that moment, you're thinking, oh no, or. Last year, when you heard that hotels and restaurants and most public places were closed because of COVID, and the only reports were talking about how many thousands were dying from it, you had no idea we would live to see this year. But we did. There is a measure of anxiety in daily life. You're suddenly in new circumstances. You struggle to adapt. Jesus himself faced struggles in his daily life. And he had a moment of anxiety expressed in Gethsemane when he cried out to the Father, why do I have to go through this? And then he said, nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Isn't there any other way? You felt that, right? Couldn't my life just be different than this right now? Yeah, we felt that way. And so brief moments of anxiety are common. God allows you to face overwhelming circumstances so that you will depend on him and learn to trust in him. He wants to bring you to that place where Mary was when she said, be it to me according to your word. He wants to bring you to that place where Jesus was when he said, nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. That's what he wants to do in your life. So brief moments of anxiety, that's normal, that's common. I don't think you need to feel guilty about that. But pervasive or persistent anxiety is sin. When you're worrying constantly or worrying about the same thing over and over and over and over and over and not getting past it. When you fret and worry over the same things when you're not trusting the Lord, then you're not living by faith, you're not resting in Him. In our humanity, worry is natural and common, but it's also sin. So we need to stop worrying. God says, Jesus said, 
Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. So just pause, trust him, and focus on the peace that he gives to you. Now, I know some of you are going through hard times. And it's not like it started at 2 o'clock this morning and it's going to get better by tomorrow. Some of you have been going through hard times for years. You're still in the middle of those hard times, and when you look to the future, you know what you see? More hard times. Eventually, heaven. But the life on earth can have struggles. It did for Jesus, it will for you. But here's some things I think will help us when we're trying to incorporate or appropriate the peace that God wants us to have we can help bring it into our lives by thinking of some things I'll share with you here. And we're going to look at a couple other passages of Scripture. So first, our peace is rooted in our relationship with God through Christ Jesus. You see the reference there, John 16. Every time the screen comes up, another point, there's going to be another Scripture reference so you can turn there and get ready for it. Okay? Uh, And... Our peace is rooted in our relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Look in John 16, down in verse 31. Jesus answered them, Do you now believe? Indeed, the hour is coming, yea, has now come, that you will be scattered, each to his own, and will leave me alone. And yet I am not alone, because the Father is with me. These things have I spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. You're going to have hard days and hard years and maybe hard life. But be of good cheer. God has overcome the world. And look what Jesus said. Jesus said, You all are going to abandon me. And we know from reading through the story of of, uh, his arrest in the garden that they just fled from him. All of them took off and fled. And he was left alone to endure that. But he was not alone. The Father was with him. And so peace comes focusing on your relationship with God through Christ. That's where we enter into peace. We are aware of the presence of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We have peace in the midst of very difficult circumstances because of that. I think I've shared with you before, a friend of mine, uh, when I was pastoring in Saurita, uh, she was going in for quintuple bypass surgery, and as she was preparing, I was with her when the doctor came in and was doing the surgery prep with her. They used to let people in hospitals back then, you know. And so I was praying with her, and, and the, the doctor came up, and he said, you know, this is very serious surgery. I've, I've heard of triple and quadruple bypass, but I'd never heard of quintuple bypass. I didn't know you had that many arteries. But, but they were having to do five bypass surgeries uh, in and around her heart. And the doctor said, Mariel, this is a very serious surgery. You might not make it. Are you prepared for that? And she smiled and said, Doctor, I have the Lord Jesus Christ in my life. If I survive the surgery, that's great. I'll go home to my home 
here in Green Valley. If I don't survive the surgery, that's great. I'll go home to be with my Lord in heaven. I'm going to be just fine. But doctor, do you know what would happen to you if you were to die today? I mean, I, I was sitting there. She did it better than I could have. You know, it was great. And she expressed her faith in God. Paul experienced some moments of anxiety in a Roman jail cell and floating in a ship that was about to be wrecked. And, and at one point he said, all hope that we should be saved was lost. Well, Luke wrote it, but he was including Paul in that we. But then Paul focused on the Lord, and the Lord encouraged him, and Paul stood up on the ship and told them all to trust the Lord that they would be delivered. Corey Ten Boom experienced horrible uh, anxiety, but she also experienced God's peace in the middle of a Nazi concentration camp. She had peace in her relationship with the Lord, just like Jesus experienced in Gethsemane when he went to the Father and the Father was with him when they all fled. You can experience God's peace in difficult circumstances of your life. Your peace is not based on your circumstance. It's based on your relationship with God through Christ. When that vertical relationship is right, you can handle the horizontal difficulties of life. Your peace is rooted in Him. Secondly, uh, our peace is a gift from the Holy Spirit. So take your Bible and turn over to Galatians chapter 5. We've read these scriptures recently, but I want you to look at them again. Our peace is given through the Holy Spirit. Galatians 5, look down in verse 22, almost the end of the chapter. But the fruit of the Spirit is... Now, pause just a moment. What does fruit mean? You ever have a, a fruit tree? It, when you have a fruit tree, what kind of fruit comes off a cherry tree? What kind of fruit comes off an apple tree? What kind of fruit comes off a grapefruit tree? What kind of fruit comes off an orange tree? Where did kiwi come from? Some bad place. I don't know where. <laughs> Just avoid that stuff. Right? But the fruit of the Spirit, see, an orange tree naturally produces oranges. If your orange tree is not producing oranges, there's a problem with the tree. And we know there's no problem with the Holy Spirit. So if you're not experiencing these fruit of the Spirit, then the problem is not the Holy Spirit. He's there willing to work in your life. You're resisting it or you're drawing away from it. So look what it says. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. See, when the Holy Spirit's working in your life and you're cooperating with what the Holy Spirit's doing, you're going to experience peace at the most odd moments. 
shared with you before, a friend of mine who was a missionary in Mexico, we worked together in Cuba for a year, not for a year, but for two weeks. We were there in Cuba together, and he was often my translator. And, and Mike was in love with the Lord, and Mike served the Lord. He and his wife were faithful missionaries. And I don't remember the circumstances, but their son was in the hospital dying. And it was, it was hard. They, they really wanted God to heal him. They were really hoping and praying for healing, and their son died. And Mike said he just sat in a chair and sobbed. He was so broken. And then he looked up and he watched his wife was walking around comforting the hospital workers who had just lost a patient. And she was praying with them and helping them. He said she was totally focused on what God was doing in the moment. And what was God doing with their son in that moment? welcoming him home to heaven. And she had peace because she was focused on that. He didn't. Peace is a gift from God. It comes to us through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit works, and peace is developed as you grow spiritually. It's the natural outgrowth of the Spirit working in your life. The only way to stop that peace from naturally growing in your life as you're walking with the Lord is to resist or quench the Spirit. When you trust and follow Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit does the work to bring God's peace as you're growing in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus. Paul prayed in Romans 15, 13. Now may the God of hope fill you with joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. You can abound in hope. You can experience peace because the Holy Spirit of God is bringing it into your life. Your peace is given through the Holy Spirit. You receive it. You don't manufacture it. You don't walk out in the backyard and hear your tree going, oh, got to produce fruit. You don't hear that. <laughs> and you don't have to manufacture peace. It's the fruit of the Spirit in your life. So if you're not experiencing it, there's some things you might need to do. You might need to repent. You might need to talk with God. You might need to spend more time in Scripture there's lots of things you can do to help that, but it's the Holy Spirit's work in your life. All right? Now, I know I'm a pastor, and I love the church. Actually, I loved the church long before I became a pastor. It's quite possibly that's why God called me to be a pastor, because we, Kathy and I love the church. We love serving in the church. We, we both were serving in different churches, me in California, her in Arizona, and we were loving and growing and maturing because, because we love the Lord. And I think church is a great place. But did you know this? Being active in church helps bring peace in your life. Did you know that? Look in Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. Attending church is good for your health. Colossians chapter 3. Look in verse 15. Colossians 3, 15. A few folks are still turning there. I'll wait just a minute. But 
spiritually. At church, you learn more about God's ways and His plan for your life and your future and relationally. It's encouraging. Man, I walked in today, one of the first people I met here that didn't come with me was Dennis. He was here setting stuff up. He had coffee and cookies out for those who came to Bible class. If you didn't come to Bible class, you missed out. So, and and he he and then we were talking with other people as they came in. And Georgia came in and shared her joyful story about how people stopped and helped her. And unfortunate for the car problem, but what a blessing to be helped by other people. And so relationally, you're encouraged and blessed by being here at church. And mentally and emotionally, your anxiety levels are reduced when you sing and worship God with other people. When you sing and worship God with other people, it reduces your anxiety levels. There's a joy that it naturally produces because love, joy, and peace are the fruit of the Spirit. But Colossians chapter 3 and verse 15, Let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another. This is talking about our assembly together, gathering. You know, on Sunday afternoons at 5 o'clock, we have a service. And on almost every Sunday evening, there's questions I ask, sometimes of the kids, sometimes the adults, sometimes of all, so that we can admonish and encourage one another. We answer, we speak, we're engaged in growing together in the Lord. So that's what he's talking about here. Teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Did, did you enjoy the trio this morning? I, I always enjoy hearing them sing. Don't get to very often since Courtney's married living down in Tucson, but back in the old days, they used to sing here more often. But that was a real blessing. Did you notice they didn't ask me to make it a quartet? <laughs> you know what? When I sing, here's how I sing, with grace in my heart. <laughs> Might not always be grace in the sound that comes out, but it's grace in your heart to the Lord. That's why we sing. Now, if you sit in church and don't sing, you're missing out on what God is doing. God has commanded you to sing with one another with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Now, if you have a really, really, really bad voice and everybody around you cringes when you sing loud, don't sing loudly, but sing to the Lord. Maybe you don't like to sing. He tells you to sing. Sing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. So, being active in church actually helps bring peace into your life. See, you endured six days of the world influencing you. You've watched commercials, maybe. You've watched something on television. You've read a book. You've shopped. You've talked to people. You've done something, and it bombards you. And, and, and it just impacts you. Our world takes its toll on those who believe. It just presses and presses and presses. And, and now you are in a place where you're encouraged in the Lord. 
And now, if you live in a home with people who love the Lord, as I'm blessed to do, then you're encouraged in the Lord every day. But some of you live alone, or some of you live in difficult circumstances. And, and so you come here, and there's a refreshingness to being part of the assembly of faith. We are brothers and sisters in Christ. Now, quite often when you walk in, I can't see the smile on your face because you're wearing a mask. But I can see the smile in your eyes. And there's a joy of being part of the assembly. And Paul says that's part of what the Spirit is doing in you. So the peace of God is ruling in your heart. You were called in one body. We are part of the body of Christ. We're connected together. We're called in one body, and we can be thankful, and we can let God's word richly dwell in us because we are teaching and admonishing one another, and we're sharing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs together, and we're singing with grace in our heart to the Lord because God is at work in this place and in our lives. So being active in church helps bring peace in your life. One lady stopped me after church one day and said, I think we should have church every day. I said, you have no idea how long it takes us to be ready for church. There's hours of study and preparation and work, and not just for me, but Megan does a lot of extra work getting ready for it, and other people do, and our Sunday school teachers, they love teaching. Most of our Sunday school teachers really enjoy preparing messages and being ready, and the junior church teachers enjoy that. It's a joy to be able to teach God's Word. But if we had to do it every day, it would become a burden. And so enjoy it, and, and enjoy it so much this morning you come back at 5 o'clock and get more of it. So, All right, here's the fourth thing. When we focus on the things of this world, we rob ourselves of God's lasting peace. This picture is taken out over on the east side of town. <laughs> <laughs> That, that picture is only about 4,800 miles that way. Okay? But when we focus on the things of this world, we rob ourselves of God's lasting peace. You see the reference there to Romans 8? I'll join you there in just a moment. Now, I shared with you before, I don't remember, maybe even last week, but I, I, last year I was emotionally drained when this COVID thing started. I was, I was already feeling a little drained physically, just some difficulties and things. And, and, and I, I had told Kathy, man, we need to get away. Go away for a little bit, get a bit of a vacation. Instead of having me go away from the church, God had the church go away for a couple of months. We didn't meet together. And I, I was not afraid of catching COVID. Uh, I haven't caught it, and I hopefully won't, but I wasn't fearful of catching COVID because what's the worst case? You know, you go to heaven. What's so bad about that? Nothing. Okay? Uh, and we who are going to heaven should not be afraid of dying. It's the process of dying that concerns us, maybe, but actual death is a blessing. We're with the Lord. But I was worried about the future of our church. Prognosticators were saying... Churches would greatly suffer, and 
I didn't realize how greatly I depended on this assembly of faith. So when a couple of months I was in here by myself, or just Megan and I in here, and we're doing a video, and there was nobody in here. And, and one time in the video, I commented on that. I'm here all alone. And I didn't know Megan was still sitting in the sound booth because she was sitting down where I couldn't see her. And all of a sudden, she popped out of the sound booth, you know, like, ah! And I just cracked up laughing. We had to start the video all over again. <laughs> now we're live streaming, so all my goofs are out there forever on the Internet. But, but listen, I need this assembly. I need to gather with other people. Now, I do the preponderance of the preaching here. I'm on most Sundays, maybe 50 times a year, 45 to 50 times a year, I'm the one preaching on Sunday morning, more than that on Sunday night. And, and yet, I still need this connection with people. God built us to be relational people. And so I felt emotionally whipped, and I was having trouble making plans and directing my activities because who knew what the future was going to be? And, and I met with the leadership team and I shared with them and, and they thought at first that Kathy was telling a joke when she said I was really having a hard time. They thought, oh yeah, sure, because most of the time I'm, I'm not having a hard time like that. But I really was. And here was my problem. My problem was that I was focusing on the things that are God's responsibility instead of the things that were my responsibility. In case you didn't catch that. I was focusing on the things that were God's responsibility instead of the things that were my responsibility. So you have your Bible open to Romans 8. Hopefully, I told you I would join you there, and I have. Romans 8, look in verse 5. Romans 8, verse 5. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Now, you may not realize this, but you control the channel in your brain. You can tune it toward a different radio station or a television uh, uh, channel, you, you control what goes on in your head, and you can turn it to focus on Christ. And I wasn't focusing on the spiritual things that God was doing. I was focusing on the losses. We weren't getting together. We weren't able to visit. We weren't able to do our Awana program. We weren't able to do our Sunday school classes. We couldn't do those things. And I was focusing on those things. So my perspective was down here. And what we need to do is bring our perspective up and bring God into our daily lives. See, I was ignoring Romans 8.28. Are you still there in Romans 8? Look down at verse 28. Many of you could quote this with me, but I'm not going to quote it. I'm going to read it. Romans 8, 28. What are the first three words? And we, know. and we know, or for we know, that all things. How many things? All. All right. Now, you can think of some great things that you've enjoyed in the last couple of months, 
You can think of some not-so-great things you've endured in the last couple of months. All things. Then what's the next thing? All things do what? Work together. together. There's this old country preacher, and he got up one day, and he says, I hate baking powder. Tastes awful. Just don't care for baking powder. You get a little in your mouth, it's just awful. I hate flour. Get that flour in there, just no good. He said, I... I don't like several other things. He said, but when my wife puts it all together and gets those biscuits that I love in the morning, he said, I love it when it's all together. See, God works it all together. Some people get the weird idea that if you suffer a tragedy in your life, someday you're going to say, oh, praise the Lord I had that tragedy. That tragedy was such a blessing in my life. That will never happen. Some of us have lost a child. That will never be a blessing in your life. But God takes that tragedy and all the other stuff and works good in your life. Sometimes the hardships you go through are a blessing because they cause you to be more dependent on God. But God works it together for good. I'm going to start at the beginning again. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose, those who have been called unto salvation, those who have responded with faith and trust, those who reach up toward God with love, those people have all things work together for good. Now, what happens to those who reject God, who don't trust Christ? All things work together for bad because at the end of all their life on earth, they end up in hell. But for those who receive Christ, everything works together for good. Now, maybe you're sitting by somebody who's been a pest in your life And you can think, hey, even their pestiness is working together for good in my life. God's making it happen. I didn't say you should point at each other. (laughs) So I, when I was feeling down, I started really focusing on Scripture, saturating my brain with the Word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Uh, Paul wrote to the Romans. I was really focusing on that, and I prayed, and I was able to change my focus and trust God, and we ended up learning a lot of stuff we didn't think we'd have to learn, didn't we, Megan? And and now we started doing the streaming when we first got back together, because there were a lot of people who were really hesitant about getting back together, and so we started doing streaming, and now we're still doing streaming, because we have people here, and then we have people who are watching online. In fact, Rick and Donna, his back's really bothered him. Pray about that. And and Rick uh, is having a really bad day. So they said, we're, we're going to watch online. And Jeff and Sherry Miller are watching online and some other folks. And other folks will do it later in the week. But but we, we put it online. We learned how to do that. I say we, I mean Megan. Uh, we, we learned how to do that because we had to. God put us in a position where we had to do this. 
And so we learned and we grew. And God works all things together for good in your life. So where are you having trouble trusting God? That thing, that issue, that pain, he's using for good in your life. Like the oyster who gets that, uh, that obnoxious little piece of sand or irritant in there, and so it starts covering it up with this fluid that it generates, and it produces a beautiful pearl. So the problems God allows in your life produce spiritual fruit in your life through the work of the Holy Spirit. Now, our Bible classes have studied Elijah, right? And remember Elijah faced down the prophets of Baal? Kids, just kids. Your Sunday school classes, they've talked about this. How many prophets of Baal, kids? Ella? 450. Now, we don't have 450 people here today, but they had 450 prophets of Baal. How many prophets of God? One. What was his name? Elijah. And Elijah had no problem facing down those 450 prophets of Baal. He can stand up to the rebellious king, Ahab. And yet when he had this great victory over all of them and then ran the distance of about a marathon and outran the chariot driven by Ahab, then one woman threatened him. One woman threatened him. Now, admittedly, Jezebel was a wicked woman and a powerful woman. But here's this prophet who faced down 450 of the enemy and stood up to the king, and he ran and hid from the wicked queen. How did that happen? He stopped focusing on God, and he started focusing on his circumstances. And when God brought him back to the place where he would listen to God, then God put him back to work, and he did several more ministries for him. That same bold prophet came back and served God boldly again. But when you focus on the things of this world, you rob yourself of God's lasting peace. God is using your circumstances to work good in your life. If you will focus on spiritual things, then even in the middle of the struggles and difficulties of life, you can enjoy His peace. Our peace is rooted in our relationship with God through Christ Jesus. It's rooted in that. It's anchored in that. And when Jesus gave his followers peace, you didn't miss out. You didn't. You're maybe not using it, appropriating it, walking in it, but it's there and available through the person of Christ and the work of the Holy Spirit. And the more you trust God, the more you experience peace. And we can. Moments, small moments of anxiety are normal. Ongoing anxiety is a spiritual issue that you can get beyond and I know you can because I did last year. And God will get you beyond it. Elijah got beyond it. 
and you will too. Father, we pray that we would be the people of peace. We would not just be peacemakers in our culture, trying to help bring people together and, and uh, strengthen people, but Father, we pray that we would be people who walk with the peace of God, the awareness of the work of the Holy Spirit, the joy of Christ. May you work in our hearts and lives, and may we show the world that life with you is well worth living. And then there's always heaven. What a blessing at the end of this life. So may we trust you that you are working all things together for good, that you have peace that you give to us, that we receive it and we can incorporate it into our lives and we can walk with you and trust you. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you're here or online and you're listening to this and you haven't trusted Christ as your Savior, if you're online, you can call the church and, and we'll get together with you. If you're here, you can talk with me after the service. I'd love to get somebody to show you from the Word of God how you can trust Christ as your Savior because it makes all the difference in this world and even more difference in the world to come. For more information about Victory Baptist Church or trusting Christ as your Savior and following Him, please visit our website at victoryarizona.org or send an email to victory at victoryarizona.org.